this is just naturally a tough time of the year, November and December, where people get a little bit more down and depressed and get stuck in ruts and things like that. So definitely just remember that you're worth more than whatever is going on in your life today that's that's making you feel not so great. And so what you should do is reach out to people. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Here's an important compliance disclosure. This podcast is for informational purposes only and are not to be considered recommendations. It is recommended you consult your trusted financial professional before implementing any information obtained from the Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. Thanks for joining me today for this live video. This is going to be a pre-recorded podcast episode that I'm going to be doing live. Tackle 10 scenes from It's a Wonderful Life and how they relate to money as we know it today. This movie's from 1946, so hopefully these spoilers are not going to be a huge spoiler to you. Or if if you do end up listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, it's definitely a good idea to check it out because I, I think it's a really great movie for more than just the, the 10 scenes I'm going to cover and, and the things I'm talking about. And it has a really big importance to me because when I was working, before I became a financial planner, I was working in a community bank. And around that same time, one of my friends passed away as well when we were both 20 years old. And so both of these things made this kind of movie just get really ingrained. And I'm able to dig into some of the, the meaning a lot more than even some people made just from everything that was going on during that time period. And it went from a movie that like I couldn't stand because it was in black and white and I was a teenager leading up to that point, basically. And then all of a sudden, all these different unique events happening, I started becoming more adult, more mature. And all of a sudden, like, it's my favorite movie of all time, basically. So with that, I'm going to dive in. One interesting thing early on is the druggist son, Mr. Gower's son, ends up passing away. And he receives a telegram that says, basically, it was due to the, the influenza. And that was the Spanish flu. That's really the closest thing that modern day that we've seen that is similar to COVID-19. And so I just thought that was an interesting thing that was going on that uh, they kind of briefly highlight in that movie. It's never made sense to me or I never really thought about it too much until this year, basically, with everything going on with COVID. So I just thought that was interesting that that kind of played out. But that wasn't one of the scenes that I wanted to mention with the money tips, and we'll start diving into that. So Around that same time, though, when he's in the druggist store, he's he's working uh, at the store that also serves as like a ice cream candy parlor. And George Bailey goes in. He's a kid at the time, and he does the cigar lighter. And I guess it's good luck when when it lights because it's known to act up. I guess I kind of looked that up, but he he does it, and he says, "I wish for a million dollars." And the flame comes out, and he says, "Hot dog," because it's good luck, and. So a million dollars back then in 1919, which is when that scene was taking place, that is, that seems like a lot of money now, but it's actually way more back then in 1919 due to inflation. And so I went back and I calculated that would be about $15 million today. So having a million dollars back in 1919, that's the equivalent of having $15 million today. And that's because of what inflation does. So inflation from that time period, 1919 to 2020, it was 2.72% compounded inflation every single year. So that's important to just highlight how different things were. There's going to be a few other aspects too that I'll tackle that uh, talks about inflation. But right now, usually when I'm building plans for clients, I use a 
annual inflation rate just to make sure that we're accounting for these things. And if that does end up playing out, that 3% annual inflation, that means the cost of things are going to double every 24 years. So that's important to be aware of. And that's one reason why having a whole bunch of money in savings account only or burying it in your backyard or under your pillow, that's never really a good idea for wealth building. Yes, you'll have the same amount of dollars, but those dollars aren't going to be worth the same amount when you actually go in and need to use them. So that's kind of the, the note I had on that one, which is just kind of crazy when you think about it. A million dollars is the equivalent of $15 million today. And so that's that's basically, if that was filmed today, he would be asking for $15 million. And we're like, whoa, that's, that's a lot of money. So another thing that happens around that same scene is George Bailey is kind of uh, confused that the druggist is obviously upset because of what happened with his son. And he puts the, the wrong medicine, or I don't even know if it's medicine. They, they call it poison, basically. And he was supposed to deliver that to a kid who was feeling sick. And he doesn't know if he's supposed to listen to his boss who's upset and doing the wrong thing. And so he goes to check with his father and, and see what advice he could get from him, basically. And his father is thrown down with Mr. Potter. And basically, one of the things that happens there is Mr. Potter says to him, well, are you running a business or are you running a charity ward? And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of business owners to kind of navigate because there's you start a business to make money and be profitable. But then at some point you could be gouging people. And that's basically what Mr. Potter does. That's how he takes advantage of a lot of situations I'll talk to you a little bit later. But what is that fine line from being successful, maximizing your profits, but then also being a good steward of the, the city that you're a part of or, or whoever you're trying to serve, making sure that you're adding just as much value as you are kind of gaining in income and revenue. And I, I think that is a, a tricky balancing act. That's one thing that when I was first telling people what I was going to be doing with Launch and Level Up Financial Planning, and probably even for the first year, like, oh, that's awesome. Are you a nonprofit? And I'm like, well, no, like, can, it, can I do both? Can I make a profit and still do like an awesome thing and provide a lot of value? And so that's something that's always stood out to me there. Another interesting thing, so then it skips forward. George Bailey is an adult now, so he's probably about 22 because what happened was he ended up not going to college and sticking around helping his father with the business. And basically what, what that shows us, and they even talk about it, that his father didn't have enough to send him to college. College was expensive back then, right? That's why only certain segments of the population have ever attended college, is because even though college is expensive today, it's actually a lot more expensive today than it was back then, When even when you adjust for inflation and things like that, but it was still just as expensive then. So that meant only select families, select groups, were able to, to put their children through college. And that's one of the things that played out in this video too. So I know that's a huge, hotly debated topic now with student loan forgiveness being on the table, trying to figure out the actual root of the problem though with education being so expensive. So that, that's interesting that to think about that even back in the 1920s, 1930s, that college was still a super, super hard thing to, for people to wrap their hands around financially. That's important. And then that kind of leads into the next tip which is basically everyone's on a different schedule. And I think it's tricky for us to navigate because there's there's people sometimes that move faster in their career, they move faster in their personal life and their relationships and things like that where uh, they might be getting promotions, they might be starting their career, they might be having children, getting married, buying houses and things like that. And it, it could put a lot of pressure on, on you or other individuals where it's, you're like, oh man, like how are they doing? I'm so far behind if you're kind of comparing yourself to those things. And what happens is George doesn't go to college initially. 
and he waits, he helps with uh, the, his father's business. And meanwhile, all of the, his childhood friends, the ones that could afford to go to college, they're actually already coming back from college right when George is about to go. And so that's an, another interesting thing that I thought too, is like, hey, that's that's always been the case, that everyone's always on different timelines and you shouldn't necessarily worry about where where other people are compared to you. Just worry about how you're gonna to maximize your life and live a wonderful life, basically, as the, the movie's title is. So, and, and it's crazy because one of the things that he says is he's like, I know what I'm gonna do tomorrow, the next day and the next day. He has all these plans. So now that he served that four years with his father's business, he was gonna go travel the world. And then he was gonna go to school, see what they know. And then he was gonna build towers and and bridges and all these different things that he wanted to do. And that's kind of what his future was, but your goals can change. And that's one thing that he figured out the hard way. It's usually big pivotal moments in the movie where a lot of these things play out where he's dead set. Like he finally made it to a point where he's able to do that, those things that he's always dreamt of and wanted to do. But what happens is, life happens and and he's not able to, to pull the trigger he's not able to actually go travel he's not able to to go to college because of different life events that occur so i'm not going to spoil all the, the the things in there if you haven't seen it but if you've seen it you kind of know all those different points in the movie We're like ah i feel so bad for him that he was about to do these things that he's excited about and then he doesn't get to do it but basically what that is just reminds me is that our goals are constantly changing i know <laughs> things have changed so much, especially when you're kind of focusing in on his certain aspects in his life where 22 about to through adulthood where he's probably like 40 or so because he ends up having a few children and getting married and all these different things. So that's during that time period, life is constantly changing. There's different responsibilities. There's different things that are going to come up that might make you shift to what you thought was important to you or where you thought the goals were. And that's okay to you. So I mentioned that we're all on different paths. We also can be set in our direction one way and we can pivot and we can make these changes and at the end of the day the, the a little bit of a spoiler he realizes he has had a wonderful life even though he hasn't been able to do everything that he's ever dreamt of he's still been able to to be a huge part of the community and, and just really be happy with the, the life he's built and the, the life around him basically this is going to be the fifth kind of insight that I had. So the Bailey brothers building a loan, it was a financial institution primarily for saving and lending to people to build houses. So if you think about this back in 1920s, 1930s, there wasn't all that, the houses and developments that we have here today. So a lot of what we see now are recent, the last 20 or 30 years. And so uh, that's something where there wasn't that many houses even in general. So they had to be building. And so that's how this financial institution kind of served that area. And one thing that they mentioned though is the cost of building a new home was $5,000. So if, if you think about how much homes cost here in Fort Collins, Colorado, I think the the average is around like 400 or 430,000 or something crazy like that is the, the average for a new home to buy it. So 5,000 back then is, is pretty ridiculous when you think about it. It kind of digs back to inflation, but it talks about affordability of home ownership and how crucial it is because that's one of the things that Potter was kind of against is like, oh, nope, we, we don't necessarily need everyone to own a home. You can rent and pay outrageous rental things if you can't afford to, to get a mortgage and get your home. And so that's that's where the Bailey's Brothers building a loan kind of helped fight off the, the, the traditional bank and Potter's kind of empire that he was building there. 
one interesting thing too, so I, I dove back into the 1920s, 1930s specifically. So during the Great Depression, the average income in the U.S. was $1,500. So that is insane. That's $1,500 for the year, not for the month, not for the week. And so $1,500 is, again, just really highlights how crazy inflation has changed these numbers and, and things. So if, if you were watching those movies and looked into some of that stuff, you'd be like, holy moly, like how could these guys survive? And so that's, that was definitely a unique time, but inflation has a lot to do with some of those things. So speaking of the Great Depression, what happened then is there was a run on the bank. So people were freaking out. There, There's all kinds of crazy things going on with the Great Depression when that all started. And one of the big things was, was the run on banks, run on these different financial institutions like the building alone. And what happens is a lot of them failed. They, they went bankrupt and a lot of people lost their savings, a whole bunch of it. And so that's why today we have federal uh, FDIC insured funds, basically. So everyone has $250,000 of FDIC insurance for their checking account at a bank. And as long as it's FDIC insured bank, right, there's been new institutions, online institutions that pop up and act like a bank, but sometimes they're not always regulated and they don't have that FDIC insurance. So that's one thing you always want to keep an eye out, but that's, that's what created the, that insurance before that. Back during the Great Depression, a lot of people did lose huge chunks of their savings because it wasn't federally insured. So I think it was about 1934 is when they're like, oh, yep, people had a really tough time navigating this, having uh, confidence in the financial institutions. And so not, then they had to create that FDIC insurance for that. Back then it was super low. Even back when I was working at the community bank is 125,000 and then the great recession occurred. And so they doubled that to 250,000 and it's been there ever since. So yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. And also what was going on there. So how people were losing their money because it wasn't insured, they were panicking. And what Potter ends up doing is he's seeing that as a buying opportunity. And if you've been following the news, if you've been noticing some of the things saying like, well, the economy is doing really well or the the stock market's doing really well the stock market's different than just normal everyday people and so what happens is large companies extremely wealthy individuals and people and businesses they have a lot more resources and so when when things go crazy and people start to panic things start to to fall they can wait longer they have more resources they because they have more resources, they can be more relaxed. They can be more confident, like, hey, we're going to make it through this just fine. We don't have to panic. Meanwhile, everyone else who is living paycheck to paycheck or month to month or year to year, like they're freaking out. And so these wealthy individuals and businesses, they're able to kind of cherry pick the, the opportunities and really buy things at a huge discount. So that's not something that normal everyday people are able to afford. They don't have the luxury during a recession to uh, be able to dump more money in, into things or buy things when they're on sale and cheap all the time. And so that's one interesting thing that's occurred even right now with everything going on with COVID is yeah, a lot of the richest companies in the world only are really richer basically. Meanwhile, there's a lot of small businesses going out of business. A lot of people struggling that are kind of middle class or lower because although they may have been doing fine, they may have built up some retirement savings over the course of their career. What happens is they get laid off and they didn't have enough of a buffer 
they had to start withdrawing. So basically they're resetting their whole situation. Even if they had a hundred thousand dollars, if you had 70 or $80,000 of income and that's now gone, you're going to really drain those retirement accounts. And that's one of the things that's been occurring now. And that occurs a lot of times when these different recessions hit is that the people that are most impacted, most negatively impacted are the ones that really end up restarting everything or even worse, the people that didn't even have resources to draw from, they go into credit card debt and then they struggle to keep up and, and kind of get out of the hole that they end up digging themselves. So it's really interesting how that stuff works. And when you do start to have resources though, I think that does highlight things like your 401k. If, if you are employed, that's really the biggest thing. If you're able to stay employed, don't panic about the investment portion of your resources. So if you have a 401k, hopefully that's long-term money. You're not going to need it until you retire. But by not panicking and not doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, that can help you avoid huge mistakes. And it does allow you to think a little bit more like a wealthy person, even though in the grand scheme of things, you're not going to be in the top 1% most likely if you're watching this video, but you might have resources. And the key is to be confident, build a financial confidence to where you don't panic and you don't end up doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And so that's one of the things that happens in the movie. And uh, that's why a lot of people lost their savings and why Potter was able to gobble up a lot of businesses uh, in that area. And so number eight, so memories over dollars. This this is an interesting thing that, that happens in that movie too. So there's a run on the bank, which means there's a run on the buildings and loan or savings and loan. And what happened is they didn't have any money because they had to pay back all their loans to the bank because their bank was running low on money. And so they had no money left. Everyone wanted to withdraw their deposits. And George just got married. He had his honeymoon. He's trying to leave town to go on his honeymoon. He had $2,000, which is a whole bunch. It's probably about close to $30,000 of what we would know today to go on a honeymoon and just kind of travel for, I don't remember how long they say, but they, they're going to go all out basically. And so what happens is he ends up using his $2,000 to help uh, pay for the, the deposits and the withdrawals that... Uh, his customers need so that he could keep his business open. And so all of his money goes away. He has $2 left for, for that. And they survive the day though, and the business survives. And so they're not going on that honeymoon, right? And what happens is this is a kind of memories over dollars kind of situation. His wife and a couple of their good friends end up creating a, a really unique kind of situation uh, really <laughs> making lemonade out of uh, lemons, basically, because what they do is they go have a, a nice fancy dinner in a broken down house, a drafty old <laughs> old house that is has busted windows, busted doors, hasn't been lived in for a long time. And they turn that into as romantic of a situation as they can. Friends are singing outside the window. They put up uh, like different posters of different vacation spots and things <laughs> like that. And so they create some crazy awesome memories that i'm sure they'll they'll remember forever they actually end up making that home into their actual home and so although it's a little bit far-fetched that all that stuff <laughs> would happen exactly how it plays out in the movie it does kind of show that you can have really great experiences really great moments and not necessarily need to spend a whole ton of money and so the thing i always think about is if you can get the same amount of value have the same amount of awesome experience and create the same amount of awesome memories with zero dollars as you could with twenty thousand dollars which one would you choose you choose the zero dollar one right and save that twenty thousand for a situation where that actually would add additional value will, will actually add a ton of impact to your life 
And so the next one is when Potter, so this is when things get a little bit sketchier towards the end of the movie where the, the money goes missing. George is probably going to go to jail if uh, a miracle doesn't happen, basically. And so he goes to Potter. He has his life insurance policy. And he's just like, hey, this is the only resource I got. This is the only asset I got. I need to borrow money. like, And I need it in, like ASAP. And Potter it says something horrible to him that says, you're, you're actually worth more dead than alive. And, and that's a crazy thing to say to someone. But that, that is what's going through George's mind in that situation. And so, yeah, obviously that's, that's never a good way to think about those things. That's the whole point of this movie is once he kind of goes through the, the different trials and, and things with Clarence, he sees like, oh, this actually is a wonderful life. I, I would hate to, to not be here. I would hate to never have existed, which is one thing he does wish for at one point. So I think it's important to, even during this tough time with COVID, and then this is just naturally a tough time of the year, November and December where people get a little bit more down and depressed and get stuck in ruts and things like that. So definitely just remember that you're worth more than whatever is going on in your life today that's that's making you feel not so great. And so what you should do is reach out to people, reach out to people in your community. There is a little bit of a, a lesson with the, the life insurance aspect. I think life insurance is super critical for anyone that has people relying on you. If you don't have resources and assets, you can get really cheap life insurance that's term life insurance and you can get a huge amount of coverage for a very small amount and basically that protects people like your spouse or if anyone who's relying on you if you have children things like that so basically it creates a huge amount of insurance coverage for that and you're always going to have a huge number usually tied with that because how we calculate roughly how much insurance you should need is how many years you were going to continue work and what was your income earning potential and so that's one thing that you'd calculate. So if you make $100,000 and you got 20 years so retirement, you could do the math there. And that's a rough estimate. That's not exactly precise of how I get to the insurance need and coverage for my clients, but it's usually a rough estimate that a lot of people use. And so your life insurance is always going to be more than what your resources are necessarily at that given time. And it's because it's a, a calculation that you can do and take advantage of that life expectancies is in the 70s and 80s. So you're able to, to afford and get this insurance for really low coverage and, and low cost there. So the last one is number 10 and it's the power community. So super powerful force. And it, it's not just something where the community is always gonna give you something that you are always expecting something from the community. In George's case, it's actually always the opposite, at least in the scenes that they show you, right? We don't know kind of what happens in life at other points in time, but it seemed like to everyone, George is always going out of his way to help people. He was always the first person to kind of fall on the grenade and then like save everyone else or help other people. And so I imagine that's just what he was like on a regular basis. So he was constantly looking to help people connect people, take a, take every opportunity to help other people. When his friend Sam Wainwright calls and he's talking about building plastic machinery factory and all that, he's like, well, why don't you do that in our hometown? Like the recession hit, times are bad. There's a lot of people out of work. And later on, you do hear that they have a manufacturing facility there. And that's because of George, right? He didn't have to say that. He didn't have to be thinking about other people, but that was just the, the way he operated. And what ends up happening is that that pays off. I mentioned that he needed a miracle early on because of 
how he was in the community because of how he was always there helping other people without expecting anything back. And he doesn't even ask for them to bring anything back. It's really his his wife and his uncle that say like, you know what, George is in a lot of trouble. We need, need to get some people in here to help him out. And so that is how things come together at the end where that miracle works out, the whole community gets together. And even though they're not wealthy by any means, most of the, the people in the community are not. They're just kind of getting by just like everyone else. But they manage the pool enough between all of them to to make that miracle occur. George isn't going to jail. And so sorry for the spoiler alert, but yeah, he, he realizes that life is awesome. Being a part of a community where you're able to, to add a lot of value. And, and it's nice, right? When, if you do need something that you know that people would step up and help you out because of the type of person you are, because of how you've helped out other people. So hopefully that, that wasn't as long as I thought, luckily. So I just kind of cranked through those. Obviously, there's a lot of those topics that might require just individual episodes more specific to them to, to unwind those and dive deeper. But I hope that the next time you watch It's a Wonderful Life, you kind of think about some of these aspects and and maybe appreciate it a little bit more from the financial aspect, which I know no one ever looks at a movie and does. But this is one thing that's been on my mind ever since I started my business, basically, where I was like, oh, I want to write a strategy guide or a blog post or a cheat sheet, or now that I've been doing podcasts, let's let's do a podcast and, and I'm doing a live video challenge. So why not do both, right? <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone there. So thanks for joining me. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.